Welcome to the Wolf Connection Podcast. I'm your host, John Kalfa. Let's talk about some wolves. Back on the podcast with Stephen and I today. Stephen's back from his long I break. I am back. <laughs> uh, back with us is our is the CEO and founder of Wolf Connection, Teo. Welcome back. Thank Good you, to have guys. You. Thank you for yeah, having thank me. Thank you for coming. So Teo did the the first episode, and now we're we're past the ten episode mark. So this is good, I think, to have you back. Woo-hoo. Nice. Yeah, we're doing great, and we we wanted to bring you back on, and really discuss and dive into the book, the Wolf yep. Connection that you wrote. Um, it's been published for a while, and, and really get into the meat and bones and the teeth of what this is all about. The the first thing I really want to ask you is. How did this journey begin for you? Because you've you've been doing a lot of a lot of work before Wolf Connection. You come to Wolf Connection, you start it, and then you have all of this information. How does the journey start? And you say, I'm gonna write this book and get all pen to paper. Okay. So you guys read the book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Chapter six, I, I'm talking about a download is when it gets uh, the the book gets uh, spiritual and out there. So part of that download a transmission from the wolf was that I could not keep it to myself. I had to pass it on. So that's where, when the book became a possibility. And then I go, well, you know, English is my second language. I'm not a writer. So I had a few things not going on for me. And, and, but the message that the instruction that I had to pass on the wolf message was very clear. So I embarked on that. And first I started bluffing about, I'm writing a book. I began to say, I began to claim it, I'm writing a book, I'm writing a book. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I'm writing a book. And I remember being in a, a conference with the Association of Transformational Leaders, which I'm a member of. And we were a group of people and everybody has their books and so on. So I'm again bluffing and said, yeah, I'm I'm writing a book. (laughs) The person standing next to me is an editor for Simon & Schuster. (laughs) So when I say I'm writing a book, she turns and she says, oh, I want to publish your book. And then I go, oh shit, now I have to write a book. (laughs) Now I I have to, you know, fulfill my my bluff. Yeah. Yeah. So that night we had dinner and she asked very clearly for a proposal. And I slapped a very sloppy proposal together and um, I got some help perfecting it, perfecting it. And uh, well, that would, you know, it was, it was very quickly uh, purchased by the publisher. Mm-hmm. So the, the wolf, when I, the way I see it is that the wolf not only instructed me to um, get it going, but also send me the people to get it going. So when you're when you're about to get this book going, what's your intention and what was your idea of what this book was going to be to the world? That you, the, the message you were trying to send with this book. Well, again, I was just following instruction from uh, not to get too woo about it, but following instruction from the wolf to get this uh, transmission out there. So initially, the this chapter six, which is a uh, could be has been a confronting chap- chapter for many people because it's, I'm bringing a, a very particular spiritual aspect of the wolf and the message. It was going to be the introduction to the book. I was just going to start with that. Right. And the publishers, my editors, everybody felt 
that it was going to turn off a lot of people, just start with a big spiritual message. And then anybody that had an interest in the biology of the wolf and the history of the wolf and the human connection of the wolf and so on right. was not going to continue reading or even buy it. So the journey began on creating a context to make the wolf message appealing to a broader audience. And so the initial proposal that I put together for the, the one that was purchased by Simon and Schuster was nothing like the book that I ended up writing. It had a completely different outline. It was more like a chronological follow-up of my life. And then one chapter for Tala and one chapter for the beginning of the world. The, right. And then one chapter for what I learned and then my own story. And then eventually. So, but again, I had another download in the, in early in the first couple of months of writing trying to develop that first outline where um, everything came together all of a sudden in a 30-minute started coming through, like, you know, this chapter one is this, chapter two is this. And all of a sudden I found all these different layers, or I call them realms, realms yeah. of the wolf that became the final, the final book. So when you, when you go through this process now, and what made you decide to do the realm Instead of a chapter, I thought that was interesting because it's not your typical, you know, chapter one through 10 or whatever it is. So it's a realm. So what was the thinking you were thinking behind naming them realms of the wolf? Well, if you look at the book, it's really like nine books in one book, right? Nine right. short books because uh, it jumps very dramatically from my personal history to the, found, uh, the beginnings of wolf connection, to, and then it goes to the biology and the human wolf relationship, and then the you know right, and then to yeah. the you know uh, myth, mythology and rituals and and all that around the wolf. So that's what what all of a sudden I realized that they were not chapters; they were complete different areas of influence that the wolf had, and many ways in many ways I, I described it as the the wolf has this um, multi-dimensional effect on us and ways in which you can talk to them. So I call them realms. Call them realms. So when you're getting these downloads in these in these increments, what is that like for you as a first time writer to go through that challenge and you're and you're receiving this information and what kind of a feeling is that when you go, oh, this is what it's supposed to sound like or what it's supposed to be written like? What is that for you? What feelings and emotions come up when when that was happening for you? Well, the process of writing the book was grueling. I mean, super difficult emotionally, mentally, um, and it built some momentum. You know, the first chapter took me four months to write. The last chapter took me four days. So you start, something starts building, but the, begin, the first six to eight months of the writing process were tough. Yeah. You know, hours and hours sitting in front of my computer without a word written, yeah. trying to write the, the two or three sentences that I wrote and see what else comes, and nothing comes. And it's two, three, four o'clock in the morning, still trying to get something before I go to bed, <laughs> and nothing comes out. So I feel like I wasted a day, I'm exhausted, you know, moody, all these things. <laughs> and and the next day, again and again and again. Eventually, I I... I got help, so I got um, a dear friend and, and colleague of mine, Naimu Res, to help me with the beginning 
of the, the writing process and had to think it through. And then um, I, a whole team came together. I hired a researcher, Sheila Archer, and um, the person that became my, my long-term editor and, and producer of the book, uh, Patty Hall. That really, Patty especially helped me think it through. So, um, you know, master uh, writer and um, project manager, she was able to now jump through chapter from chapter to chapter and begin to tell me, well, I need, just give me three, four lines on this here. And then give me another. And when I get stuck, leave it, leave it. And give me three chapters later. Can you tell me about this other thing? So we had uh, endless sessions of just me walking around the house, you know, gesticulating, gesticulating widely and, and trying to, you know, (laughs) uh, brain dumping on, on recordings and then transcripts and then beginning to find, you know, she gave me a process, a writing process that was invaluable. Uh, I mean, I don't think I could have actually crossed the finish line without that. Wow. Mm. Yeah. It it just, it seems, it seems as though it's such a process and knowing, knowing you and being here for four years and understanding the amount of information that is transferred from from the leadership team to all of the volunteers and then be, all that information being transferred from the volunteers to the kids and the programs and the adults that come through the door. So for that to be, you know, really the sole purpose is to get it on paper and be able to funnel that out into the world. I can see, I, I can picture you just as you were saying it, walking around the house and just saying, all right, I have a recorder in one hand and I have a pen in the other maybe and, a, and you're just writing things. Like you picture you like on the wall, like writing on the wall if something came to you. And it seems like that was just a way for you to just get it out. So yeah. you have something there, right? Yeah, it was a whole lab process. I had whiteboards and I yeah. had papers all over and the recording. <laughs> yeah. And I bought this uh, dictation software that you just talk to the computer and, and you know. It spits it out, yeah, it's, yeah. The best they can with my accent. It right. was a lot of, you know, endless mistakes. But, um, and also I got to say that anybody trying to start a book, you know, a uh, uh, slower process, you're always... Recommended. I mean, from from contract contract signing, from you know uh, advance to the book on the shelf on the bookstore was eighteen months, yeah. which is a super you know speed way of getting uh, you know a book out, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you don't have the book written in advance. It had to be written from beginning to end and then edited. Mm. That's the other piece that I you know when I thought the book was done, then it had to go through Simon and Schuster. When right. it went through three or four rounds of the most ruthless editing process. At one point, the book was about almost 200 pages long than, it, than it, the final product. Yeah. So it came out at 300, and 300 pages. Uh-huh. At one point, it was 500 pages. Right. So the editing process began to cut, cut, cut. Cut, and, cut everything, and some, yeah. But sometimes were 20-page chunks of text that got cut out yeah. that I worked my butt off to write, <laughs> right? So the good news is that you know 80 pages of the next book are already, already written, written, written <laughs> but uh, initially it wasn't that funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's, funny. it's funny as we look back on it now, obviously, but yeah. yeah. Writing a book is, it's one of those things I've thought about so many times. Like it, it, no matter how many creative arenas you, you know, are in or, you know, you have skills in, a book always seems like the farthest possible reaching thing to do. I mean, like identifying as a writer, uh, for me just feels like 
you know, like what you, I, I imagine there's a lot of doubt sometimes about whether what the story that you're telling, whether it's worth telling or whether there's, there's some substance there. Um, do you think that you picked and choose what you thought was worth telling? Or do you think you just got it all out on the table and then someone else sort of weeded through that? Cause that to me seems like, I don't even know where I'd start, you know? Yeah. Well, I decided what to, what to talk about. Mm-hmm. At one point I was a lot broader, the areas that I covered. So, and, and the, the, the 200 pages extra that were taken out, most of it was, was even deeper spiritual dreaming. I mean, it was getting uh, a little bit too broad. So I understand why the publisher did that. Also, they have a, a formula this big, you know, they call them the big five. So Simon and Schuster and, and the other, you know, global publishers, they have a formula. You know, the book needs to have this many pages, um, you know, the, the needs to appeal to a broad audience. I mean, there's a whole marketing and, and advertising formula that they follow in order to have a product for them. For, you know, for me, it's my life work. For them, it's a line item in a spreadsheet. Right. Yeah. Right. That has to meet their criteria. So sometimes, you know, working with the big publishers has its advantages because it, has, it gives you cloud, it gives you, you know, a low credibility. But then, not working with the big publishers and being able to have, it gives you a lot more freedom mm-hmm. on what you want to write and how you want to write. Now, in terms of, I don't, I mean, I guess I can consider myself a writer now. Yeah. I guess I'm, I mean, I have a book. You, are, you have a book. It's my name yeah. on it. But I, the yeah. book for me was the result of me being both a storyteller and a, I get that. a transmitter or a, 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 a mm-hmm. broadcaster right. for a particular message that was coming through. And, so for most of the content of the book, I really followed um, follow direction more than me deciding what's going to be. Yeah. And, and you see, I mean, the book only has one chapter with a couple of stories about me. And yeah. the rest, I mean, I, I'm not even there anymore. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's about the wolves and the kids and the, and the mythology and the indigenous tribes. <laughs> right. and so, yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like the, um, the, and I get this as an, as an artist as well, it sounds like the outside structure sort of gave you the freedom to become a writer. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't so much freedom that you were, you know, just ambient all over the place coming, sure. you know, the outside structure sounds like it helped to narrow down what you wanted to talk about. And then you were able to sort of just explode into that. Yeah, you know? yeah most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. yeah. I mean, when you're, so when you're breaking it down into realms, like you said, you're, you're talking about, you know, now we're talking about the kids and the programs and the wolves. I, what what were what were some of the biggest influences when you're breaking out into these realms? When you talk about Tala in the beginning and the beginnings of Wolf Connection, then you dive into the programs. Like, were there any? I know the Willow story with the veteran; it, it was probably a big influence. But were there any one or two wolves that really, I guess, sort of guided you or helped you in the writing of this? That like in the teachings that were able to help you write this book in your past experiences. Yeah, well, most of the wolves that help with the writing process are in the book, yeah. right? So the ones with the stories. Um, that's a good question. I I find that the intention from the wolves was practicality. And I'm going to go on a big roundabout to answer your question. So I'm gonna, go for it. So it's practicality. <laughs> so what I meant by that is the also the decision of the final realms was find ways for the reader not only to entertain themselves intellectually, but also be able to apply 
what they read in their lives, um, either by broadening by their awareness and their consciousness, but also by um, applying the, the wolf teachings and understanding. I guess through the book, I was trying to convey a holistic way of looking at things. I applied it to the wolf, but many times, you know, all the topics, the way we learn in school is very focused, but that's, life is not very focused. Life is holistic. Mm-hmm. But at the same time that you're applying what you learn about making a podcast, you're also ad- addressing a, n- a number of other things, social things and emotional aspects right. and uh, personal history and so on. So that was the original cri- criteria. In terms of the wolves that um, influencing the message, well, Talaf definitely was the yeah. one that started everything and and led me through through the whole process. And she was very present through the writing of the book. I mean, I have plenty of tears shed uh, going through her pictures and, and uh, recapping her stories. And when I had to dive into the, each moment of her story, it really you know, brought up a lot of emotion. Of emotion. Um, a, a wolf named Lucas, mm. who is also in the book, it's, it's, a, it's a picture of him and I in the book, was a, was a gigantic animal uh, with a huge personality. I always say he he taught me how to be a wolf, you know, how to behave like a wolf. He was very present um, emotionally, emotionally and energetically speaking during the writing. Um, Miko, you know, ma- many of the wolves that I originally have deep relationships with yeah. that I care for deeply, uh, the way that now the team, you guys care for the, the wolves that we have currently in residence, um, were very present during the writing. And and um, and do, and the wolves that we still have, in, um, well, Chance at the time was alive, and then Kina had a lot to do with the the writing and and Willow. Yeah, yeah. Willow's. I mean, she's still such a strong. I mean, Willow and Kina are still such strong presences. Yeah. Now, yeah. currently in the pack that we have right now. Yeah. It's very wise. Very deep. Very wise. Yeah. I mean, they've been here. I mean, basically for ten years. I think both of them almost. It's 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 amazing the amount of change that's happened for them. So what you touched on just Mm. before, when you're talking about, and and I found this interesting, is sort of like that interactive aspect for the reader. Because you had like the how to action with some of the realms, like you said, where you want the reader to apply the the teachings, the wolf principles, what you what you just read, how can you apply this to your out your life, you know, in reality, your job, whatever it is. I found that fascinating. What what made you want to do that? Was that was that intentional, or did that come through organically and say? Because we do that here with the kids; they come here, we give you wolf principle. How are we going to enact the wolf principle today? Was that something that you felt called to put in the book, or right from the jump that this was something we want to do from the jump? Yeah, yes, and and that was a way to replicate what we do, like you just said, what we do here on, on the property. The last, I mean, I said it. I say it even in the in the introduction to the book. If you're gonna read this and don't don't waste your time, right? I mean, I wanted from the beginning to be a, a a practical book to the point that I my original intention was to include a call to action or a um, how to action in every chapter. So at the end of each chapter will be something for the reader to do. Right, and that was a big back and forth with the publisher. They fought me endlessly, and they won. They wanted all the action at the end because they felt that at the end of each chapter, if they had a 
something they had to do for a week or for a month. It was going to uh, interrupt the writing process and uh, and the, the reading process. The reading process, And yeah. they would not actually continue reading the book. They would, would just... Uh, drop out halfway through. So they wanted all the action items yeah. at the very end once people read through the whole thing. And I finally understood their their reasoning and I went with that. Yeah. But it, well, that had to be rewritten heavily in order to make sense to pile them up all at the end. Right. Because you're, you're almost building to... I, I felt it worked. I, I mean, I did. I mean, I read through it and then I I felt like you get you gathered all this information from the beginning of the book to learning about Wolf Connection, learning about the practices, mm-hmm. and then you get to those how to actions and you go, okay, I've read, I think it's probably three quarters of the way <laughs> through the book is where the how to action starts. And, and then you're ready. And then you're ready, you're ready right? You know, you kind of like, you're almost prepping in a way, the reader yeah, to you're get sold, to that you're point. sold in the to be able to hear what's yeah, being hear asked. What's happening. Okay, you know, good, good. good. Yeah, that's what. I so think. I guess they were right. Yeah, and I do think sometimes it is true. You know, when you're reading a book and it has a lot of these call to actions, which I personally those are my favorite books to read, but it does slow down the reading process because I don't want to move on till I've gotten what's there. You know, and maybe it's maybe it's better that way to 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 be ready to to hear to be ready to listen to to what you know the call to action is asking from you. I feel like. It works. Yeah. It works. Could be. Yeah. yeah, my big concern was that most. I mean, statistics show that most people don't read through an entire book. Right. You know, people re- read the beginning, they skim through the middle, rarely get to the end. Yeah. So if all the action items, all the practical applications right. of the of the philosophy were at the very end, based on statistics, most people would never see it. We never hit the hell of action. Yeah. Right. But it seems like uh, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback and people saying that they actually read. Read it cover to cover, yeah. and the house to action are very useful and so on. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, why, why do you? Um, I hear that a lot from uh, writers, creators in general. Just that a lot of um, publishers don't want the spiritual aspect to be up front. Why do you think that that's true? Well, as a society, we're still scared of it. Yeah. You know, we we think. I mean. Most people don't dive into spirituality unless it's, uh, you know, so it's not a spiritual book. It was a broad audience book. If yeah. you go, if you go to, um, you know, Barnes and Nobles, you find it in the nature section because mm-hmm. it has walls on the cover, mm-hmm. right? No one took the time to actually read the material to see that it's actually more. A, a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it covers uh, anthropology and covers biology, covers nature, covers personal development. Yeah. It's more of a personal development book. But they, they don't know where to fit it in the in the shelves. Right. I was going to say that, yeah, because it's a very it's a very wide, and it's not bad that it's a wide ranging, su- you know, subject. Yeah. You you hit so many different aspects in the book that you're right. It's anthropological. It's biological. It's nature. It's self. I mean, I don't want to say, but you're right. Development. It's personal development. Personal development. Spirituality. Yeah. Spiritual. Yeah. And I think it's. You're right. That that could be in. An issue or a problem, or it could be, you know, a positive is that it can fit into all these different categories. I think that's something that I felt that I was able to hit multiple different things inside of the book itself. Did you did you feel that when you're going when you when you hit your stride, let's say halfway through the the process? So let's say at month nine, did you feel like you were hitting a rhythm at that point? You're like, okay, I get where this is going, and that. You know, I, I'm hitting all the the key points that I want to hit. Did you feel that at any yeah, point? In time? I did. Yeah, I did. I did. It was tough to, like I said, write so much more and then have to take it out and seem like that's the way it goes. But it was my first rodeo, so 
it was uh, emotionally heavy to begin to some areas, um, some chapters that I, I wrote, I was totally attached to them. They never saw the light of day, <laughs> right? So uh, <laughs> that process was was tough. But I'm 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 extremely extremely happy with the final product. Yeah. What was your What was the easiest chapter to write? Good question. The easiest chapter to write and the hardest, maybe. Well, because of the way I was, I was writing and how difficult it was, the first couple of chapters were, took me a long, long time. And the last chapter, the the ones with the, the house to action and the one before, I you know, it came out really fast. Mm. In terms of ease, in terms of, um, I would actually actually say that chapter six, the one that with the with the transmission, the 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 wolf, uh, the cosmic wolf, the cosmic, mm. wolf, cosmic wolf, yeah, was the one because was the one that started the whole thing. I had it already, you know, the whole transmission. I had it written in my by handwritten in my. Um, on my journal um, years before, so I had to go back to those notes, and that was an easy way to, uh, uh, you know, to, to pour it. I mean, it needed a lot of polishing, but that was an easy chapter to write. Yeah, I mean, it's when I'm I'm looking at it now too, and actually, I wanted to ask you as well. I like how things just come up organically. That's how I like things. <laughs> so when you, because the the title of the book is the Wolf Connection. And then right below that is what wolves can teach us about being human. So what when what's the intention of that message you're trying to send for anybody who picks up the book and sees it and they see that right below the title? What what's the intention behind those those words from you as the author? Well, what the, the book is trying to show is the ancestral relationship that we have with wolves for perhaps hundreds of thousands of years. And that we, the wolf as a, as a, as a being have, uh, has affected us humans much more than we can ever uh, realize. So that's why I bring the, the biological aspect and then the, the human relationship, uh, human-wolf relationship, and then the, the mythology and the rituals and so on. And then all that is being tested and proven here at the ranch on the programs that we do every right. day. So initially, I mean, we, I was tying myself in knots with the, with the subtitle the tagline for the title. So I was thinking of, you know, lessons, ancestral lessons from human, wolf to humans. Right, and, writing all those things and, down. Yeah, or lessons and lessons on life, death, and, and, and spirituality from wolves to humans, that kind of stuff. And it was getting darker and darker. And this actually suggestion came from the publisher, mm-hmm. one of the, uh, from the marketing department, in, in fact. Okay. You know, they found that the different taglines that I was testing they understood what I was trying to say and, and they found a way to make it appealing for a broader audience and easily under, uh, understood, yeah. right? And then this, this thing about being human is something that is trendy. So they thought, what well, Wolf can teach us about being human was the way to go. And when they, they said it to me and I said, yes, yeah. that's, that's going to work. Yeah, the light bulb sort of went off because it, it is a good tagline it, I, for me because I, I, I see it and I'm, I go, oh, okay, this, and you're right, the, the amount of, influence that we've encountered with these with this being 
on this planet for however, you know, like you said, for possibly 100,000 years. And even just interacting with them on a weekly basis, you know, personally myself, it's the, the amount of personal growth and the amount of change and the amount of, you know, intention that, the, that they're asking you to do, uh, you know, and you're, you have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to figure out how you can be your best self through it, at least for me. And that's, that's part of what I got, the, what I'm still getting from being here. And also, I guess it reinforces it by reading the book. Yeah. It's just understanding where you're coming from, from doing this for 11 or 12 years already, which is, in, is insane. When you look back on that and you look at what you did with the book, what, what feeling did you get when it went, when, when it was done and it was published? And what, was the, what was the overall feeling you got once it was done and out of your, out of your hands that it went to go and be published? Oh, it took me months to believe that I wrote a book. <laughs> It was, yeah, it took a long time. And then the, the, the box, the first box arrived with the first round of books and, and I opened it and it's my book in it. I'm like, wow, I guess I wrote a book. You know, that's, I, that's uh, okay. You know, it took, yeah. took a moment, took a moment to, uh, to sink in. Um, back to what you're saying, ultimately, I mean, we, there's a whole book of words here explaining how the wolves affect us and influence us. Ultimately, they are deepening our presence. They are broadening our capacity and deepening our presence. And that shows in every area of our lives. It's not a direct psychological effect. It's not a direct, direct emotional even effect. Our, our energy capacity and depth gets expanded. And with that, the sky's the limit. Yeah. I- yeah, I, I just, I, I, I'm trying to find the words. This is what happens when, when you, so when, when, when somebody picks up the book and they're, and they're looking to read it, what, if you had any words that you want somebody who, who's going to listen to this and say, I'm going to go and check out this book, what's the, what's the, what, what's the overall invitation that you want to invite people to when they when they read this book what, what do you want them to what do you, I don't want to say what you want them to get out of it what's what's the invite like when we invite the kids or adults to experience this visit to the ranch visit to the ranch and visit with these wolves we're going to invite you to to dive deep into yourself and and maybe get to some uncomfortable places what's the invitation you have with the book now that it's out there but the deepest invitation is to explore um, one of the greatest influences that we've had as humans on this planet since the beginning of, of, of humanity till today that is, is hugely overlooked and misunderstood. And that can bring a lot of light on why humans are the way we are today. So I believe it's a um, deep dive into... Um, you know, there's, a, there's another book. Uh, what is the book? This anthropological book, uh, very successful. Um, Sapiens. Yes, it's, so. it's a history of right. yeah. humanity, and humanity, then, yeah. and then and then how how we you know we were conquerors and this and that and whole throughout history. So this book it needs to be sitting next to it because the piece that books like that have left out. You know, there's a non-human centric way of explaining how humans are the way we are. 
Mm. All the other books explain it hum- in a human-centric way. Yeah. Right? Which reflects the human way, me, myself, and I. So here I'm explaining humans in a non-human-centric way. And through the and through the eyes of a wolf. Through basically. the eyes of a wolf and 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 arguably the the biggest influence we had in our evolution. What because Stephen asked, you, you were reading my brain when I was going to ask the same question about what was the easiest and the hardest chapter. What, what were your biggest, other than the fact of opening that box and saying, man, I, I wrote this book. This book is here and it's out. What, was there a wolf principle that you felt through the whole process that you were going through that really encapsulated this entire journey for you? Or was it, did you kind of dabble in all the different wolf principles? You know, the wolves give 150% and so on and so forth. Oh, the wolf principles. Yeah. It's um, a good question. The wolf principles evolved through the writing. Initially, the, the original list that we used for programs had like right. 30 of them or something like that. And then uh, through uh, 30 sounded like too many to, you know, uh, present in a book and in a program for the matter. So as I, I started distilling the, all the principles, we came down to these 12. And I thought 12, you know, people can practice one a month or can practice once a week over a three-month period right. or something like that and, and repeat it. So it has, you know, something they can follow. In terms of the principles, um, probably the, they're all deep. I mean, I can think of uh, the warfare into being, as, a, as one that has been a very um, um, very present, but if I have to really call one that really um, um, affected me through the writing process was the the one that reads that wolves know how to lead and how to follow, and in order to lead, they know how to follow first, mm-hmm. right? And because I, you know, the pro, the Writing a book is a is an act of leadership. I mean, you're putting out something out there that is going to impact people in a certain way, or or guide their thinking process and their emotional process down a certain path. And at the same time, I was following Wolf's instructions through through the writing. I mean, the message, the central uh, piece of of the of the book, which is, in my opinion, that cosmic cosmic Wolf chapter six. And so it was a following and leading, and also the the way I, you know my team formed with the different editors and and project managers and and book book producers that had to really help me with the creative process and help me organize how to really move through this daunting task of um, you know presenting three hundred pages of text yeah. that are had a beginning, middle, end, and end. Yeah, a lot more difficult than it sounds, <laughs> at least for me. But in, in hindsight, you wrote 500 in a way. You had, you had 500 and then it got, it got pared down to 300. So right. it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating read. I, you know, I, I, I applaud you on that end because I've, I've tried to write and I mean, it's, it is a daunting task. So just to get through it, I think is, is an achievement in and of itself. Yeah. So thank you. Um, it's great. It's published by Simon & Schuster. The book for all of you that are out there, it's The Wolf Connection, What Wolves Can Teach Us About Being Human. Where can people find the book, Teo, in, in case they want to, if they want to purchase it or find it? Every book outlet, 
online and and um, bookstores. Uh, it, it sells it. Um, we sell it on our website. Someone wants to buy it from us, but it's the same. You know, uh, okay. we receive the same amount of money, and same profit. Right. You know, th- one way or the other. So yeah, yeah, and and if people, uh, I would love to hear. You know, so either leave a review on Amazon or um, send us a note or or on our social media. Let us know that you read the book yeah. and what you thought of it. No, absolutely, yeah. And you got yeah, and if it, go to our website wolfconnection.org. You can look, uh, order the book through there. You can look at any of the ancestors, any of the wolves that have come through our doors in the eleven and a half years we've had. We have an ancestors page. And so we, you can read about Tala, um, you can read about uh, Rocky and all the other ancestors that have been through here. Go to our Instagram, at Wolf Connection, our Facebook page, Wolf Connection, so you guys can get all the latest updates. Teo, your Instagram handle is at Alfaro Teo, correct? Is that your Instagram? <laughs> Would you believe <laughs> it if I don't know? Is. If I didn't know? There you know. Um, but we'll have his Instagram on there. So yeah, go to Amazon.com, go to wolfconnection.org. And when's uh, the next one? Yeah, when are we when can we expect book number two? That's a, I got the same question earlier today. I I don't know. I don't know. It's a um the process of writing the book had a cost, which was I I wasn't really involved in running the organization for a, for the better part of a year. That had a cost with the team, that had a cost on revenue, that had a cost in my own uh, mental sanity. So um, I don't know. That will depend on how other things come together. I mean, I'm eager to start writing again, and but it may be another couple of years until mm. the next book is out. Copy. But now you have the bug, right? You have the the writing bug. You think I definitely have the bug. Yeah, the yeah. bug. Okay. Yeah, and I have a few a few three or four more books in me for sure. Great. That's awesome Great. to hear. Yeah. So you guys check it out. Go to our website. Uh, sponsor. Uh, look at any of the wolves that we we talked about today, and that's great. Teo, thanks again. We'll yeah. have you back on anytime, and then uh, we can do we can go chapter by chapter if we want yeah, going we forward. So we will do that. So yeah. stay tuned. We're going to dive more into the book. But again, the Wolf Connection: What Wolves Can Teach Us About Being Human by Teo Alfaro. Teo, thanks again, man. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. Howls to all of you out there, and we will see you. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.